Hello, and welcome to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer, not just for Louisiana, but for the entire northern Gulf Coast. And now, introducing your host, Alan DeRitter. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our April 8th edition of Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. And um, again, this is the podcast, not the Facebook Live um, uh, show. Uh, of course, we publish both of those on Monday, hence the name Monday Night Football, but they are different. So we start off our show with a prayer. And Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and amen. Dear God, thanks for letting us have this show. Thanks for letting us have really two good, really in- good interviews for the show, and I pray that uh both of these shows continue to thrive and give the kids and the coaches uh, the attention that they truly deserve and hopefully give the sport the promotion that it needs to be able to continue to be on everybody's forefront. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. I'd like to thank my producer, Andrew DeRitter, who if it wasn't for him, these broadcasts would not happen because his equipment is so sophisticated, it's way over my head. And I consider myself not a uh, dummy when it comes to audio recording. We've been on the air now for over seven years on Monday Night Football. But uh, we're kind of up in the ante. Well, again, like I told you, Facebook Live and um, and and our podcasts are two di- totally different uh, entities. On Facebook Live, we're going to be uh, discussing some issues uh, considering the new state champions and the younger levels and announcing who those are. Uh, but today, we're going to really take a, a closer look at the U18 boys state championship team um, from uh, Louisiana Fire Juniors. Uh, we're going to be talking to Coach Kerr Hannity and one of his best players, Chad Kader, and get their take. And it's definitely worth listening to. Uh, I kind of blindsided Coach Hannity uh, with some questions about him really comparing the English system to the American system and uh, what he thought was perhaps better and, uh, and really what an American player has to face as opposed to an English player when it comes to developing and getting to the next level. And, uh, and he agrees with me, too, that this pay-for-play system is really a very unique thing in the, in the planet. And uh, he wouldn't go so far, I think, and say that it was what was hindering U.S. soccer's development, but but I'll go ahead and say it. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so let's listen to what he has to say. Uh, I don't like to put words in his mouth or redact the things that he has had to say. I'm letting him say, speak for himself. And then you'll be able to hear one of the stars of that team, Chad Kader, who's really started from the grassroots, the bottom. Uh, he used to play at um, play in the back, behind baseball practices, wherever we could find some areas between two baseball fields. We would train and give him a skill set, and then he moved on from there. And uh, and his recent accolades, he's the state MVP uh, for Holy Cross um, uh, and for Division II soccer two years in running, two years in a row. Uh, and he's still got one more year to go. And uh, hopefully he's going to get some accolades when he goes to regionals, uh, when he represents uh, Louisiana Fire Juniors. So that's our exciting show for you today. Uh, really a must-listen show. And um, I like to... 
again, invite you to get involved with the show. Uh, get in touch with us. Um, contact us uh, at MNFUTBOL, either Facebook or Twitter, or contact me at Agent Ritter at uh, LouisianaPrepSoccer.net. And, and we'll be glad to get who you think should be on the show, okay? And uh, that's our, that's the main purpose while we're here, to get people recognized and to get the sport recognized where it needs to be and to keep it on the forefront of the media instead of on the back burner. Well, we're going to uh, pay for some of our bills for this week. None of this is free. And when we come back, we're going to be talking to Coach Hannity about the difference between England and American soccer and what his U18 team uh, chances of success are on Monday Night Football. We'll see you after the break. Hello, this is Coach Alan DeRitter, and I want to invite all of you to take a closer look at De La Salle High School in New Orleans. De La Salle is a dynamic, inclusive community committed to academic excellence by evidence with our classrooms of the future, and of course, our commitment to athletics is second to none. Come take a look at DeLaSalleNOLA.com and schedule your spend a day today. That's DeLaSalleNOLA.com. All right, everybody, welcome back to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. We're now with the uh, head coach of state championship, uh, CFJ Juniors U18 team, Care Hannity. Welcome to the show, Coach. Appreciate it. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Hey, uh, in case people aren't familiar with you, could you give us a, uh, your brief uh, life history <laughs> when yeah. it comes to uh, soccer? <laughs> All right. Yeah, not a problem. I'm... Uh, Originally, as you can tell, I've got a strange accent. So I'm, I'm from England, Sheffield, which is uh, in, in the north of England. I grew up playing there. Um, played at Sheffield United, uh, one of the academies down there um, for seven years before moving on to play for a couple of other uh, other academies. Um, and then played semi-pro before coming over to uh, the United States, where I, I did a master's degree while playing for a year at a year one school in Connecticut called Central Connecticut State. Um, from there, I got the opportunity to uh, come down here and play um, play for the New York Chester. So one of my friends was helping do the recruitment there. And then uh, really enjoyed really enjoyed the city. It was very, very different to anywhere else I'd ever been before. So after I played my first year here, I went around a few different places, had the opportunity to play for a few different teams around the uh, around the States. And I ended up winding back down here about two years ago and had the opportunity to... Uh, to get involved in the in the coaching, which I've absolutely enjoyed since I've been down here. Awesome. And uh, how long have you been coaching? Uh, I've been coaching for around about ten years. I was still doing it when I was uh, when I was still playing. So I've um, I've been pretty lucky in that um, I was able to coach and play at the same time as I was, I was growing up. Just curious, what's harder, coaching or, or playing? Uh, very, very different. I mean, I always love playing. I was a very lucky player at a pretty decent level. Um, I think when you're on the field, you can uh, you can make more of an impact, um, especially you know things aren't going your way. You can always try and uh, make more of an impact. Whereas when you're when you're a coach, as soon as the players cross that white line, you know you, you've you've done what you've done for training and you've given the pep talk, and then it's really up to them. So I, I'd probably say coaching. Uh, has more frustrations and can be a little bit more difficult to deal with than playing. 
I, I concur. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, what was the success now of this team? How uh, how long have you been with this U eighteen team? This is my uh, my first year doing it this uh, this year uh, with, with the U eighteen boys, um, and it's been a, it's been an up and down year. We had uh, a lot of a lot of injuries throughout the season, and obviously with a lot of them being seniors, other other commitments can come awry, such as. Um, you know, graduation ceremonies or things like conflict, like college visits. So it was, um, it's not been easy at times, but it's been, it's been a good year overall. And it was, it was great for them to, uh, to end it on, on a good note, um, the previous Sunday. How would you, how was your, um, let me start that over. How were you able to get these players who played for different, not just different high schools, but different rival high schools to unite under one banner? Um, well, to be honest, a lot of them are familiar with each other um, already through um, through playing with each other over, over the last you know five, six, seven, eight years through the club. Um, so most of them were familiar with each other through that. Um, but I mean, most people who who've had me the coach or know me, I'm, I'm not really. Uh, I don't really have an allegiance or really uh, trying playing to the whole high school stuff that goes on down here. So I was very straight with the boys. I said, look, you know. Why you're here? The main priority, and the most important thing, is playing for the club, and and this is where you're going to have more of an opportunity to hopefully take your game to another level, and you know progress on to play collegiately. If that's an aspiration of yours, because that's where the opportunities are. Not not through high school, it's through club. And luckily, the boys were were really bought into that, invested, and I was fortunate to have a, a good group of talented players, and um, they came together, worked well, and was able to to get the job done. Okay, so you came from soccer heaven. Could you explain to everybody uh, where you where you came from? I'm assuming at Sheffield, like everywhere else in England, there's no such thing as high school soccer. Is that the case? Yeah. So the the the, the, the American system is very unique when it comes to uh, to, to school sports, um, and it was even an eye for me when I first came over. How it works back home is if you're identified as being a talented player from a young age and clubs are interested in you, they give you an opportunity to be part of what's an academy, which is something which is starting to become a little bit more popular over here now with, with the DAs, which stands for development academies, and a lot of the MLS clubs and stuff now now have those, and I was very lucky at the age of 10, I was, I was selected to play for Sheffield United, who is one of the, the top uh, academies within, within the country of England, and really, when, you, when you're born into that environment, it's a very professional self, you train three or four times a week and spend the Spend your weekends going across the country playing against other top academies such as you know Liverpool, Manchester United, Arsenal, so on and so forth. So you're playing against those kind of high level kids that are part of their uh, academy structures. So they're very clear to you, very on. We do have school and high school teams, but they, they make it very clear to you that if you want to be part of this uh, academy experience and structure, that you know academy football or soccer takes uh, takes precedent over um, anything that you know might be going on with the that with the schools, so that's always been my grounding and, and uptaking. So when I when I came to America and uh, especially down here in Louisiana, where it, it, it is a very strong hold and strong belief in in uh, high school sports, it was a it definitely took me some some getting used to and took me a while to kind of understand understand how that all works. Okay, and um, isn't it true? Like, okay, the whole community of Sheffield w- would really follow its U16 developmental squad and, and take pride in that, right? Yes, yes. So um, where I'm, Sheffield is, is, is 
two uh, rival academies or two rival professional clubs, Sheffield United and Sheffield Wednesday. So whenever we would play each other, we should call it like a, a local derby um, where the two teams come and play against each other. Even you know the U14, U15, U16 teams, you would, you know, it'd be very, very often you'd have you know a thousand plus people watching the game because it's uh, something that really interests everybody. You know, they, they, most people within the city have pledged their allegiance to one of those clubs from a young age and and support the main professional team and keep a keen eye on all the all the talent and interest that's going on through the uh, through the academy structure as well. So it's quite likely that you could have people who support either one of those clubs going to the same high school. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And even even my uh growing up there was myself and another couple of boys in the same school year at school that were placed for rival academies. So you do you get you get a lot of that inter club rivalry and stuff like that, um which, you know, obviously your friends off the field but as soon as you cross that white line it's it's a very different ball game. Now, college soccer here, it's it's kind of, in my opinion, ridiculous. They only have like an eight-week season, and then they have to wait the, the rest of the 48 weeks and develop with spring ball and all. Um, if, you, if, you, if you make college, if you're good enough to uh, keep playing with, um, with your club, how do you balance college with that? Um, you mean, sorry, the, um, as, a, as, a, as a player, a young player today going on to play collegiately? Yeah, let's say you're 20 years old, you want to stay in England, and you want to stay playing for Sheffield, uh, but you want to get a degree too. Uh, do you have to choose between one or the other? Or, or? Yeah, so so what happens in, in England is uh, high school finishes at 16, um, so when you are 16, you kind of, if you're good enough or you're on, if you're on the books of a professional club, they, uh, you have the conversation of whether they're going to offer you a, a full-time, what's called a, a YTS or a youth team apprenticeship. Um, and if you're offered one of those, you go on to be with a, with a, with a football club, soccer club full time as like a young professional. So you kind of you, you finish school at 16, and then you go basically to be a, a full time professional with the youth team from 16 through to 18. And then at 18, once you, you, your two year apprenticeship up, you look at then off whether they can offer you a professional contract. So. What happens at those ages is academics start to take a little bit of a, 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 a I wouldn't say a backdrop, but become something which isn't necessarily a focus because of obviously you, you kind of thrust full time into that environment. So, you know, it's eat, sleep, breathe, breathe soccer all the time while also doing a little bit of studying on the side. So it becomes very difficult to be able to, to balance both. Now, there are people that are, that do do that. I was one of those myself, but it's, uh, it definitely takes a lot of time management and discipline to be able to accomplish. Okay, and um, you don't have to answer this question, okay? Uh, but I brought my team to the Royal Mail Cup, which is in Portsmouth, the south of England, and I had one of my best experiences there, and I felt like that was soccer heaven, you know? And coming here to yeah. Louisiana, it's – I love my – I love – this is my culture. This is what I was raised in, and so I love my, my home area, and and I just see it's fresh. It's going to be a very frustrating thing, probably not in my lifetime, that we'll see the U.S. really compete at the international stage as a contender. Um do you think we're on the right track, or do you think I'm unfounded in in, in my poor analysis? <laughs> I think it peaks and troughs. I think, unfortunately, what has held the held the US back has been the, the system of which you soccer has been able to develop. 
um, over the last 15, 20 years. And obviously, as many people know, the US is one of the only kind of pay-to-play structures in the world, um, which straight away kind of makes it a little bit more difficult for you to be able to really cultivate and harvest a, a development um a pathway for development when obviously monetary uh, incentives are, are always there for clubs. But I think within within what they do, I know with the club, I know um, over at Louisiana Fire, we, we try and do our best and give us as many opportunities to as many players as possible. And um, it's been great to see, you know, there's been ex-players within the club go on to, to play collegiately uh, and some of us have gone on to play professionally, which is good. And I think the more people that can do this and the more opportunities they have. I know the new uh, head US men's national team coach, uh, the guy at Columbus Crew Greg, I can never pronounce his, his second name. He's all about trying to develop the right way and bring players and give them a good, a good grounding and a good understanding of the game. So as long as people like that are still involved, you know, the, at the top of the tree and are doing the right things, hopefully that allows um, players to, to continue to progress and develop and hopefully you get enough players in that same boat and eventually they'll be able to uh, rival some of the uh, the bigger names on the international stage. So what I had a player once when we went to Portsmouth, um, he was, he was offered um, basically Sunday league, live in the attic, eat bread. And, and if you could survive the, the third tier, at, it was at Fulham. And if you could survive yeah. the, full, the third tier, then you could go to the second one and then go on. Or you can go home and play for our college and uh, get a degree. I I tend I was it was I was a much younger coach at the time. I advised him to go home, and he played for Coastal Carolina. Uh, what would you advise a kid in that state in that position now? I honestly, it's soccer, the industry in Europe. It's a it's a dog eat dog world. Sometimes you're you're only going to be offered one one small slither of an opportunity, and. And that's what happens to most people. And I, I, I'm very much a believer and advocate of if, hey, if somebody's willing to offer you that chance, then you've you've got to take it, whether regardless of how small it is, because you just never know where where it may lead to. A good example of that would be, I'm sure you've heard of the, the striker Jamie Vardy. Um, yeah. He's from Sheffield, the same same place where I'm from, and grew up with place the same team. And um, for, for for a little while, he was obviously older than me, and. Uh, he was somebody that kind of worked his way up. He, you know, he was he was playing semi-professional, working in the factory, and was performing well for the team. At a higher level non-league team offered him a, a place. He had to move away from his from his family in order to be able to do that, and wasn't necessarily earning a, a large amount of money. But the idea was, if he performed and did well, then again it might be another stepping stone for him to climb up the ladder. He did that again. He performed well, and then. Within two to three years, he was the first player to make out of the non-league to be a professional uh, for over a million pounds. And so, and that all came from just one small opportunity that you know he was relentless in his work ethic to do, and you know he's he's, he's, he's paid off for him. And you know, there's plenty of people over here and in England that you know have have the, have the similar skill set or the similar work ethic and attributes as a player like that. And if you can take the opportunity that's given to them and, and try and go for it, then I'd, I'd definitely recommend them to do it because in this game, the last thing you ever want to do is look back with, with any regrets of not trying to uh, try to accomplish your dream or to see where it can take you. 
I very much appreciate you, you, you giving us that insight. Um, my main focus for calling you is the next couple of questions, but it was a chance for all of us to learn a little bit more about uh, what it takes and, and how different it is in England as in America. I appreciate you answering those questions candidly, really from the oh, bottom no of my heart. Well, well no, you're, not a problem. You're 18 team now. Uh, what are your chances now at regionals? Uh, I mean, regionals, the, the competition will be will be stronger, um, which is obviously good. I, I think we've got a, we've got a lot of boys that that thrive on that high level of competition um, and do well when we play teams from further afield of a, of a higher caliber. So I'm hoping if we can stay fit and injury free, and we continue to be committed to, to playing as a, as a group over the next couple of months, then we should be able to give a give a good account of ourselves at the at the regional level and. As I spoke to a lot of the lot of the seniors and the juniors that are on the team, the seniors they say kind of swan song before they go off to, to play collegiately and stuff like that. And for the juniors, the the regionals is a great shot window. As I told them, there's going to be a lot of you know scouts from you know, NCAA Div One, Div Two, Div Three, and NIA schools that are going to be there looking looking for players. And it's, it's a great opportunity that if they put the work in, hopefully they can. Uh, it can be, be afforded an opportunity at one of these schools for, for once they come to be their senior year. Okay, who are your standouts? If you have, if you can stand, have, talk about one or two players. Well, it's, it's tough because they're uh, the collectively we've, we've we've done really well. I have a few uh, guys that are on the senior class who have, have already committed to Division One schools. We've got Ethan Garvey, who um, you know he's he stands out when you see him. He's a six foot six, very composed centre back, is versatile and, and very good with the ball at his feet. He's he's already committed to a to a Division One school. Then we have uh, Ashton Perkins, is another one, which is a, is a fantastic athlete who's already committed to Division One. So on our senior side, there's some, some of the guys that have already been afforded an opportunity to continue the the soccer career at, at, at a high level, which is good to see. On the juniors. Uh, we've got a centre back who was, I know, he was very, um, very good at the at the, uh, the state finals weekend. We just charged. I think you've already spoke. So he's a he's a great guy. I don't think he necessarily knows his, his full potential just yet. He's he's, he's great in the air. He's good with the ball at his feet. Um, and hopefully, if he can have a good good show out then at the uh, at the, the regional level, it might open some doors for him. There's also a few other other junior boys. Um, uh, uh, I know a 2002 that plays from he's actually U17 that's playing U18 right now called uh, called Eric uh, Eric Benera Kalik um, he's he's a very very talented player left left footed midfielder who I think has got a bright future um, so again if he can perform well at the regional level hopefully it can it can open a few doors but they're just a, a couple of the boys these other players have got um, a, a midfielder called Caesar we've got a few other guys like that who are also you know Good enough, and that, and knocking on the door, like if they can perform well, hopefully it'll open doors and to, to continue the career at, at the collegiate level. Okay, did uh, did it affect you that you had to play for the state championship like almost seconds after the high school was over, or was that a plus yeah. for you? Seriously, <laughs> so we, um, I actually was so when when the uh, high school season was coming to an end, and it kind of hit off the farm again as well with the. Uh, Mardi Gras stuff this year. I was actually I, I took a team of two thousand and five boys, boys over to organise a trip to uh, to go over to England. So just as we were finishing there, I was out of the country taking them on a on a, an experience over there to play some academy teams. And when we when we came back from that, we literally had about two weeks 
and from then when they complete high school to when uh, the school the uh, the state was going to be so I think it was a lot of time to, to prepare we also had some guys that were carrying injuries from from the high school uh, season so obviously that's a it's a bit of a crash bang wallop style of the league it's very very physical very direct and a lot of games in a short period of time so we had we had some boys that were dealing with the aftermath of that so it, it definitely wasn't ideal preparation and in both games, we didn't have more than 13, 14 players on a roster of 18 available to play in the state. So a little bit more time would have been beneficial, but credit due to the boys, it, it, it pulled together, they worked hard for each other and were able to, uh, to perform well and win the state. Excellent. Well, um, you got a couple. You got a couple weeks now to get ready. So, I uh, hope that you can uh, really get these guys at a top flight level. And I appreciate you taking really your time. I'm sure you're coaching other teams right now, and and uh, and I wish you all the best. I hope that we'll have you back on the show to talk about you guys going to nationals uh, in a few in a few weeks or so. Likewise, no, it's just a pleasure speaking to you, and I appreciate the appreciate the time. I'd be more than happy to to do that again. All right. Well, God bless you, and thank you for taking your time with us. Cheers. Take care. Speak soon. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Right, bye. Bye. Okay, everybody. That was Coach Hannity of the U18 uh, Chicago Fire Juniors boys uh, or Louisiana Fire. Uh, I, I can't remember really what what, what uh, distinction they are uh, from year to year, but it, it essentially Laughing Year Lakeview uh, Carrollton for all of us old timers here, and um, they have a good chance. It would be nice to see. Uh, Louisiana teams won the Nationals. I mean, heaven knows that, uh, all of us have put in the time and the effort, and uh, and I hope that um, we can we can uh, be talking really at the end of July about national championships. Okay, well, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk to one of his leading players, uh, Chad Kader, uh, who just finished winning state for Holy Cross, and now he had to go and get that same kind of fire and passion to win for the U18s. On Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. We'll see you after the break.
You can advertise your business for as little as $50. Contact us to see our rates and get your business in front of the Gulf Coast soccer community. Follow us on Twitter at MNFUTBOL, as well as Facebook, or call us at 504-577-3131. 504-577-3131. It's no ordinary sports show. Candid conversation. We've got it all. Must-have guests. Significant Louisiana sports figures. Serious knowledge. Post-game breakdowns, trivia, historical flashbacks, and my editorials. That'll make even the most diehard sports fans go, wow. From the one guy who's always in the zone. It's what happens when you've been around Louisiana sports this long. The WGNO Sports Zone, Wednesdays at 1015. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. We are honored to have on the phone with us the captain of the U18 uh, Chicago Fire Juniors team that won state, uh, Chad Kader. Chad, welcome to our to our show. Hello, What's going on? Okay, Always well, pleasure to be here. Okay, great. Well, look, um, uh, you've had quite a quite a year. Uh, what was it like transitioning from your successful high school season to this one, like overnight? Um, it's very different atmosphere than high school soccer, but I'm, I've been playing soccer for a good while, so it's a great transaction to switch back and forth. How was it like to uh, be able to now take these your teammates on the U18 team uh, who used to be on other high schools and blend them together into a, a, a basically a band of brothers? It's all it's a uh, it's pretty hard when you play time in high school when you get back together, but I I think that's what I like most about Chicago Fire is that it brings everybody back together and we're always able to play together at the best level we can. Okay, what was it like to win the state championship? What was that game like? It was probably one of the one of the hardest, hardest games, and I couldn't be more proud of my team to win. Okay, how did y'all do it? Um, we were able to uh, fight through the. Fight through our Gar- Ethan Garvey getting a red and being able to play without him and still play well. Okay, and um, so since you're the captain of the team, give me some highlights of some of your best players. Um, personally, I think Eric Granado is one of the best players on the team. He plays in the midfield. He's left-footed. Um, I also think Ethan Garvey is definitely one of the top players. Chris Tadros, Ashton Perkins, and uh, Jacob Randolph, I think, are our top players in the team. Okay. How do you like your uh, chances going to regionals? I think it's our best chance to go this year. And I think we'll probably do well this year. Okay. Is this your first time? Uh, no, sir. Okay. What was the last time like? Uh, last time was like uh, I, had, I was on a different team, an older team. Okay. More experienced. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. I think it's the best we've done so far. I hope this year we do better. Okay, great. And uh, wh- where do you think you're going to be playing two years from now? Um, I'm interested in a couple colleges right now, looking into it, but I'm not really sure right now. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. You're a man of few words, huh? I'm a man of few words. <laughs> okay. Now, you grew up on the West Bank. Okay. Uh, how was that uh, an advantage or a disadvantage as you tried to develop throughout the years? 
I think it was a little disadvantage because I live so far from everything. It's always a good little drive to get places. So it's always hard to find transportation to get there. But you have to, you know, have to do what you got to do. Okay. And um, I guess your parents had something to do with that, right? Oh, yes, sir. For sure. Okay. Do you think for the average West Bank player, uh, do they have the same opportunities as a kid from the East Bank? I do not think so. I think it's more harder down here to get seen and be able to show your talent down here on the West Bank because there's not much over here. Okay, so what if you were if you were let's say an average player, okay, and you wanted to develop, all right, what stands in your way? Um honestly, only stand in your way is yourself and your mindset and what you what do you want to do with your life and how you feel about it. It's all up to you. Okay, so you think that these players need to go across the river, or, or do you think they um, can find it with? Now we have three clubs on the West Bank. It used to be just one. Um, can they find what they're looking for there? I think if you go across the river, you'll find your best chances there. Okay, who have been your coaches in the past? Uh, Coach Stu, Coach Ben, Coach Julio, you, and. Coach Matt Millett. Okay, that's a besides me, that's a who's who of, of soccer. And uh, uh, did you find yourself learning the same thing and perfecting it by working with these guys, or learning different ways of playing and integrating it into your style? Uh, learning different styles from each coach, and then put it all into one play. Okay, let's say you make it into the big time and you're playing for Manchester City, okay? And, uh, yes, sir. And you get older and you get older like we all do, okay? What are your chances of coming back here and paying it forward? Um, it's a good chance for me to come back here. I mean, I'm always wanting to play soccer, so whatever way I get to play it, if it's here or it's there. Okay. And what kind of advice would you have to to a youngster who is seven years old listening to this uh, interview from you? Um, I would say never give up on your dream, no matter what gets in the way. It's always going to work out. You just keep working hard. You had to have football coaches begging you to play football. How did you balance all that? Um, I'm, I just don't really have time to be able to do football and soccer. It's too much in time in the season. Okay, so, so you, I, I was I had to pick either or I decided to pick soccer. Okay, okay, all right. So um, for the people who are listening, what do you you obviously won the most valuable player for defense now two years in a row? Okay, and you're not even a senior. Um, what do you credit that success f uh, to? Um, I probably credit the success to my coach too. I'm always uh, sticking with me through. Through whenever I get in trouble and all those things, keeping my mindset where I need to be. Okay, okay, and uh, well, I tell you what, we really, we you know, you obviously uh, have always been in our in our view, and uh, I've always been proud of you watching you grow up. And, uh, the main and I appreciate that from you. Uh, no problem. Uh, our main our main goal, uh, I think, the main goal of a coach that uh, that truly cares for his players is caring making sure that they succeed at the highest level no matter how they get there and and uh it's been always a um very 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 
pleasing and uh, satisfying to me to watch you succeed at the way you do. And and you really play above and above and beyond your level. And I would say I would encourage you to really uh, not uh, uh, flatten out and and just play ne- the next twelve months in the same way that you have. Uh, improved everybody. I would I would like to see you take a step up this year, and uh, and that's going to be kind of hard because you're going to be heads and tails above everybody else. Have you really even considered that? How you're going to improve instead of just maintain strain? Um, I try to try to do some personal training, things like that, to get improve my game because there's always something to improve. Right. Who's your Who's your soccer role model? Um, honestly, I'm not sure. I think about for a couple of years. Okay, okay, and that's, <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> All right, that sounds that sounds fine to me. If you had any message to anybody who's listening, uh, who would like to be like you, what would you tell them? Um, that it just comes with a lot of work, and that everything it doesn't come easy. So it's always a fight, which you never give up. Then. Okay, well, Chad, we're going to be we're going to be watching you uh, throughout our regionals. Hopefully, my U uh, eighteen team will be able to play you, so I could uh, be on the sideline with you again and uh, be able to see you play uh, up close and personal. But That'd I was be fantastic. Think, yeah, I think it would be good. And uh, but I would just really like to see you continue to improve. And twelve months from now, just say, "Wow, you're twenty times better than you were when we talked to you a year ago." I wish Thank you, all, you. I wish you all the best. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. God bless you. You too. All righty. Bye-bye. Okay, everybody. And that was Chad Kader. Uh, I'm glad he remembered that uh, we used to work in the backfields of Pard Playground in Morero. And uh, and now uh, look where he's headed. So my advice to all you youngsters who are listening to this, uh, and I would suggest that all of you parents who are listening to this that have youngsters, let them hear him. And uh, and uh, his advice is very, very good. Uh, if you want to be the best, sacrifices have got to be made and risks have got to be taken. And he's taken all of them, and I can't uh, tell you how proud I am of him. And... Um, and we're going to hopefully be keeping up with him for years to come. All right. So with that in mind, um, we'll call our show uh, over. Uh, we'd like to thank everybody who participated on our show, Coach Hannity, uh, uh, Chad Kader, and uh, we wish uh, Chicago Fire Juniors U18 team all the best in the future. And next week we're going to be kind of talking about um, – Saying goodbye to one of our old friends, and uh, it's a can't-miss show, too. So uh, stay in touch. We'll talk about that a little bit more next week. Remember, if you want to get involved in the show, uh, contact me at adaritter at net, or get in touch with us at uh, Twitter or Facebook at MNFUTBOL. Tell us not just what you think, but what do you want to hear about? And if you want us to have you on the show, if you think you have something that's worthy of putting on the show, let us know. Okay, we want to hear from you, and we want you to participate, even if you think you want to be on the show. Okay? Carpe diem in Christ, and God bless you and your family. Take care. Bye-bye.